Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of the modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Facing and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Uh, let's start off with the uh, usual reminders. If you are not subscribed to the podcast with a podcasting app, please fix that. Uh, you can find us in basically any podcasting app there is, and it will make sure that you get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. If you are subscribed uh, but haven't rated us or written a review, please do that. Those things really do make a big difference. And finally, please check out our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash Uh We've been doing this podcast for over three years now, and we have never had an ad at all. So Patreon is the only money that we actually make from the podcast. So uh, if you're enjoying it, please consider supporting us there. So on to today's show. Um, back in 2016... Uh, our own Lee Beeden uh, wrote a story that got plenty of attention entitled Traffic is Fake, Audience Numbers Are Garbage, and Nobody Knows How Many People See Anything. Uh, if you couldn't guess from that title, uh, Lee made a compelling and detailed argument that all the traffic numbers you usually see reported for online sites are completely bogus. But... Uh, Basically, no one has the incentive to actually admit that. So everyone kind of plays along and pretends that the numbers have some basis in reality, uh, even if they're very loosely associated with reality. Uh, there are so many problems with most of the stats that you see or hear about uh, that it's it's almost impossible to, to <laughs> describe all of the problems. But uh, here are just a few. First, uh, a tremendous amount of internet traffic these days are bots and not human beings. By some estimates, it's around 50%. And yet those numbers still show up in many of the traffic numbers that you see. On top of that, many other measuring systems, such as Alexa's, use a panel sample. And there have long been questions about how representative a sample that really is. And then, of course, many users use tools like Privacy Badger or NoScript that block tracking pixels and tags, and that traffic is left out of many measurements entirely. In short, most of the numbers you see are really just big guesses. And yet, there's something about seeing a number that makes people believe that it must have some basis, in fact, or some validity, and that leads to all sorts of weird situations. For example, a few months ago, the political news site Axios uh, put up an article looking at the supposed traffic declines of well-known conservative media sites, claiming that two sites in particular, The Daily Caller and The Independent Journalism Review, better known as IJR, had lost a tremendous amount of traffic in the last year. And yet both of those sites immediately called foul on these claims, noting that Axios was mainly using Comscore numbers, which Comscore is one of the popular uh, measurement sites or systems. And neither of those sites actually use Comscore, meaning that the Comscore numbers were just 
complete guesses. Uh, in fact, those sites use uh, either Google Analytics or Quantcast instead of Comscore. Axios then even tried to publish uh, sort of a correction, but also tried to change the point of their story from being about these sites losing all this traffic uh, to discussing, as they put it in quote, the challenge that brands have in determining which metrics to use in evaluating publishing partners. Now, in Lee's original post, he did note that there was one company out there that probably had legit user statistics, and that was Netflix. And that's because Netflix owns the whole system top to bottom, and it involves paying subscribers, so that blocks out bots and non-human watchers for the most part, and Netflix can easily track what people actually view. But Netflix doesn't release those numbers because, well, it doesn't need to. And because Netflix knows that those stats would only drive a kind of dumb and unnecessary narrative. But recently, the big metrics company Nielsen claimed that it, in fact, now is tracking uh, Netflix stats, stats uh, which Netflix insists are completely wrong, of course. Uh, and this has created a big mess with some insisting that Netflix should should actually be releasing its stats publicly, even though it's always declined to do so in the past. So for today's podcast, I wanted to have Lee on to discuss just how ridiculous online stats and metrics are, uh, and some about the sort of recent news about uh, uh, these different metrics, and to also have our regular co-host, Dennis Yang, uh, who just happens to be the founder of an analytics and metrics startup called Dashbot, which is focused on measuring bots. So, Lee, uh, I'll start uh, with you to sort of lay out the problem, and then, Dennis, uh, feel free to jump in and defend your entire profession. Well... I mean, I don't want to give the impression that I'm just saying I, you know, hate all metrics or think they're useless because I definitely yes, you don't. Do. No, <laughs> I definitely don't believe that. But uh, on the web, with audience numbers and really with audience numbers in general, almost everywhere, as I talk about in the post, uh, they're so disconnected from reality. Like you said, on, on multiple levels, that it's really hard to tell how rooted they are in it at all. And everyone's really addicted to huge numbers. And I guess my two main issues with it are. A, it creates some really bad incentives for content creators online, for advertisers, for the people running ad networks, and just sort of in general for the web content ecosystem. And then secondly, just on a basic level, it bugs me to hear so much talk about how many people did this or shared that or saw or watched or whatnot, when we're really not talking about people. We really have no idea how many people did most of these things. And so maybe that second one's just a personal pet peeve, <laughs> though, I th though I think you could argue that has relevance to us, to our culturally sure. and how we talk about things. But the first one, very directly, I think, is creating... Uh, a lot of problems for various kinds of content creators, even as it benefits a small few of them. Yeah, and, and I'd argue it's not even just people are addicted to large numbers. People are addicted to numbers. When you have a number, there's just something about, and I've ha talked about this in other contexts too, w just having numbers itself feels like a fact. And I don't know what that is. There's some sort of psychological element there that when people see numbers, even even if you explain to them why those numbers might not be accurate, there's just something about numbers that makes people feel like it's more factual. And and so people just you have this this instinct to sort of believe them in some way. And I and I think that's part of the problem that I see. Yeah, and people will pay a lot just to have numbers. I mean, I talk about newspapers in the post because I've done 
work for a lot of newspapers before and, and they all go out and hire research companies to do these big audience research surveys which combine you know surveys and panels and this and that just to give them a big media report about their audience so much of which seems really shaky and it involves opaque weird calculations <laughs> to, that you don't really trust but it, it doesn't matter and it doesn't even matter what the numbers are really it just matters that they have this report with the big research company's name on it that says we have an audience and here are some pretty graphs i mean right you know like that's that's a that's a pretty like broad statement to just <laughs> throw an entire like kind of approach an ecosystem of companies out, you know, in terms, you know, and yes, I am biased. I do have an analytics company and we do measure things. Right. And, right. And, and I can, I mean, like you're, you're, you're not saying that the measurements have no validity, right? Because they do, they do have validity. Otherwise people wouldn't pay for the numbers. They wouldn't cite them. Like they're, they're grounded in reality, right? They are measuring something. I mean, I concede that how I just put it is the most cynical possible version of it. And I'm not saying it's always exactly that in the maximum, but I would say that. Right. I mean, like your headline headline is a bit hyperbolic, right? Like traffic is fake. Audience numbers are garbage and nobody knows. Well, I don't think that is. Convince me that anyone knows how many people actually see something. I mean, I I don't know about the, I think what's useful is you know, understanding the comparison of the, me- of, of the measurement of two different things using the same tool relative to each other, right, um, gives you a that's, sense I think for... that's, that's the, the one argument that you can make that, that has validity, which is yeah. that, that the same metric applied to two different things may, may have, give you relative right. differences, right? Yes. They may give you relative differences. And as long as, and just like with any type of measurement, you need to understand what the tools are and what type of, you know, discrepancies, what type of tolerances. But, like but even nobody if you're does using, that. <laughs> not, I, 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 I'm not going to argue for everybody, right? But the tools are there. Whether or not they use the tools properly, that's not, you know, like, like I hope they use them properly, right? Uh, I um, realize that there are people who use, you know, some of these metrics properly, but that's not the dominant way they get I mean, used. for example, the speedometer in your car, do you trust that? I mean, I don't draw. I haven't driven in a long time, but <laughs> okay. but I mean, you know, I what what I will finish you, your hypothetical. <laughs> no, like you, you you trust your speedometers telling you that you're going 35 miles per hour, right? Sure, sure. And you would use that measurement to try and abide by a speed limit sign which says 35 miles an hour, right? right. So, and and you're not going to basically like say like, oh, like what's the tolerance of this thing? Is, is it plus or minus five miles an hour? Is it plus? I don't I don't know, right? Like, and I think that. Like using it as a tool, understanding what it's for, um, is you know these these audience measurements are tools meant for certain purposes, but, but, and but if you use them for the wrong purposes, then right. It's but but I think part of the problem not a good idea. I right? think part of the problem that Lee is pointing out is that they're they're almost always used for the wrong purposes, which is not the case with your speedometer. Your speedometer is basically telling you what speed you're going in general, and there are also certain rules and regulations about how accurate they have to be. Whether I know what those are doesn't really matter. I know right. that it's going to be accurate within a certain it. amount. And and therefore, for my purpose, which is knowing how fast I'm going, that's fine. But that's different than a system where big decisions are made, such as how much advertising spend is going to go to this site or that okay, site. Okay, so that's that's based what I would on, tell. Okay, so okay. let's go there. So let's basically, if I'm using um, Nielsen numbers, for example, to make large advertising spend decisions, like what would tell me that those decisions were incorrect? Right. 
Like if I were if I were to spend you know, my millions of dollars on property A, which has you know ten times the audience of as pro- property B, I'll spend one tenth the amount of spend on 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 property B. Like what? Like shouldn't well, that, shouldn't that be a self regulating system? I, right? I that, mean. Okay, so in in one sense, yeah, and I mean there is a there is a difference here with pure broadcast advertising and that type, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's an old fact that yeah, you, you don't know exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's you don't the, know exactly which of yes, the we quote. Should, we should probably do the quote, which yeah. is you know, <laughs> half, half of my spend, mm-hmm. my ad spend is 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 wasted. I just don't know which half, right? Which is which is a great adage, I think thought up by the ad industry to kind of convince their clients that things are going okay, right? Right. But now, like, that sort of brand advertising and presence advertising and cast a wide net advertising is mm-hmm. now mishmashed together with, like, the direct advertising and the, or the direct right. action advertising and the cost and, per action and, 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 and the it stuff should, of the internet. And it, should, and it should come all the way down back, like, it should back out to performance, right? So you spend $10 million on an ad campaign. How did your business do, right? Like, Okay, I don't like it went up. I don't really know why, um, but I, but I can I, mean, I can use these tools to attempt to explain why my business is improving. Or or if it didn't go up, I can use these tools to attempt to explain why my business is not going well. Right, and my ad spend was wasted. Yeah, I, I mean, okay, let me back up a bit here and explain. You know, part of the issue, <laughs> right, is because if advertising was working great for everybody or even mm-hmm. most people, then maybe, maybe maybe there's not an issue. But we can speak from experience. Who's it working great for? Which size? Well, I mean, it seems that the only people who can consistently make uh, some sort of meaningful revenue from advertising, though I realize it's still you know a big challenge even for large publishers, mm-hmm. um, and retain some level of quality control of their advertising are fairly large publications and other large destinations. Um, you know, I'm leaving aside Google and Facebook, which is a whole other part of this equation, which we can talk about. But, um, you, you know, so for a small publisher, one of the problematic incentives or just traps mm-hmm. is the inability to have any kind of quality control. So a lot of this started with just our experiences. We get pitched constantly at TechDirt, people saying, hey, we've got this new ad network. It's really great. It's always really great ads. You know, the language is the same from every sales pitch. Perfectly targeted, only high quality stuff. Your audience will love it, so and so. And it's not just that they fail to deliver that shining ideal it's that every single one of them turns out to just be chock full of like garbage clickbait ads and spam ads and sometimes ads that look well, like how is, genuinely how is that malicious a, how is that a problem in measurement hmm? and well, how is that a problem in measurement okay because it seems to me that the way these things boil out is that nobody's really willing to pay or to even understand sort of quality of advertising or placement other than just this you know this yeah. uh, this root uh, spam is like the ground of the circuit of online advertising. It can supply or absorb as many impressions as needed, and everything just comes back so, down so, to that. So, but I'm still so, not let, seeing let, how let, this let, is. Hang on. Yeah, let me, let me explain what, what, yeah. where, where I think the metrics issue comes in. Yeah. And, and this is something that, that, that I've observed in the past as well and I think is true here, which is that because – and again, this just goes back to that same point that I, I made or, earlier, which is the fact that you have this number mm-hmm. gets people to focus on that. And so we've had these discussions in the past, and, and, and this doesn't need to necessarily just be about tech dirt, but our experience you know, sure. I think is sure. – is, you know, we can use it to, to illustrate the situation, which is we'll have a discussion about 
you know, why our audience is a good one from a brand perspective for, for a brand to advertise on our site. And somewhere in the process, the same thing always comes up, right. which is how many you know, people do you have? The, well, no, the original, you know, at first everyone's like, great, you know, yeah, I get it. You know, mm -hmm. we understand your kind of audience. We understand the kinds of people who read, everything like that. And then somewhere along the line, you know, and, and it's usually because you're going through like four different, you know, digital agency, ad agency, online, this, you know, whatever, social media agency. Um, somebody is just like, well, I have to put these things into a spreadsheet to get a, you know, expected uh, click-through rate and and effective CPM yeah, kind of, sure. you know, measurement. And and it all goes back to like, and you know, we CPM, have... And CPM, for those listening who don't know, is... is a measurement of kind of views per thousand, come MDM is a thousand, right? So, right, right, and which which speaks to kind of the scales at which you need to have impressions in order for them to be. Uh, well, that is, it doesn't even speak to the scales really, because I mean, you still need, well, you know, yeah. they still expect you know like millions of impressions, mm -hmm. but then they they boil the number down to a CPM somehow, yep. um, and so everyone's going to put that into a spreadsheet, and then you know part of that spreadsheet is going to be those metrics, and those metrics if they're completely bogus or, you know, God forbid you actually try and be slightly honest about those those numbers, then those metrics are going to look terrible. So what, but what, what does honest mean? Well, I it mean, seems to me that there's a big scaling yeah. effect as you grow your audience. And this is part of the issue with the whole relative comparison ideas, mm -hmm. the usefulness for things. You know, I, I mean, and I, I suppose I can't prove this, but I don't think anyone can counterprove it entirely either. Like, you know, a website with 10 million views versus a website with 5 million views. I think the percentage of bots gets bigger as the views go yeah, up. Yeah, but how because, can, I guess, can you, how do you, how do you, how do you prove that? How do you show that? Like what, in terms of, well, how do you show the opposite so you're, either, but you're right? Yeah, but you're basically saying that as, as your audience numbers go up, your, your percent error different, your percent error changes in measurement? I'm I mean, saying I there's, I would say I'm that saying that there's diminishing returns with a growing audience for certain types of publishers, right? What does, that, what that, does that mean? What do you mean by that? So that, that, that a large number of your first 5 million readers might be real people, and then mm -hmm. a lesser percentage of that next 5 million readers are real people, and an even lesser percentage of that next 5 million readers are real people, because bots, which are like out there, again, because of this incentive, just chasing massive numbers. So now I'm talking about the Twitter bots that will monitor everything and retweet it, and you'll see... 500 retweets of any story even vaguely mm -hmm. popular by total bots many of them masquerading as real people or the sites that copy all the content into snippets to make big spam sites just for the sake of google or optimization to hopefully get some ad impressions all of this incentivized by this same numbers game those are attracted to bigger players as they grow and they become a larger and larger portion so that's i'm not saying still that there's no but potential if you're, if relative you're selling but if you're selling i mean let's just let's just take take Sure. Let's, let's say, say this is true, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm a publisher and I'm, I'm incentivized. Say I, whatever, whatever, however you want to measure it, 10 million real impressions. Um, I don't know. How, I don't know what that means, but um, so you're saying my incentive is to make my number look bigger. Make it look like 50 the million. number of impressions. Now, the, the other aspect to this, right? which which Lee didn't let, mention, let, which is also go. true, is, is the hold on is the <laughs> fact that that advertisers, mm -hmm. you know, tend to, and, and more and more these days, they have a certain budget to spend and it costs just as much time and effort for them to spend it all in one place or I, all in I, a couple places. And that. so, so you know, sites that are deemed to be smaller, whether or not that's accurate, 
Sure. To, you know, are, are a waste are, of time. Are, but are, and right. and this ties into the other thing, which is going beyond. Because I know, I think I know what you were going to say, Dennis. Is that no? I know the. I realize the advertiser is not technically incentivized to inflate impressions because yeah. they are paying for them. But then there's the other aspect of this: is if you do want to sell advertisers something other than just pure brand banner advertising, right. which large sites can do, they can sell them interesting sponsored content packages. They can sell them yeah. interesting branding packages like homepage takeovers and things. Again. You're the, like you don't even get your foot in the door to talk to them about that stuff with a lot of brands, uh, unless you're showing these huge and why, numbers. So, and I, and I guess, and so you're saying there's a value for you're saying advertisers, brands are missing out on an opportunity. Yes, and what's, also and content the, to reach an equally valuable audience that just doesn't appear as big via so, certain raw numbers predicted you, and that that's also a problem so for saying, content creators. Right. So like a, a site that, that claims 100 million page views a month, um, like their numbers are inflated and you're wasting your time. You're missing an opportunity by not engaging with a smaller publisher. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that, and that broadly speaking, that's, I, mean, I hope you that's know, true. Right. And yeah. for the people that are listening, like, this is, seems like an op- awesome opportunity. <laughs> so, why isn't it, so why isn't it happening? So why isn't it happening? Because everything just boils down to these math equations because that's an easy way to make it all work. And now right, you've been doing but, it for so long that there are whole little I, mini sub-industries, like, you know, just to service that. Like that. I want to believe you, right? Like, and, I, right. and I think that, like, I, I sincerely believe that, you know, advertising is content. Having, like, this is a the theme that we've talked about in Tector for a long time. And sure. having like amazing campaigns um, and put the, putting them in front of the right audiences will result in a lot of kind of net benefit for everyone. Um, but what I'm, I'm having a hard time believing is that this like huge opportunity or this opportunity, I don't know how, how, I don't know how big it is, is existing to expose kind of targeted content to smaller audiences and nobody is picking up on it. Right. Uh, I, I think you're, I mean, it, it would be nice if, if people were picking up on it, but they don't seem to. And, and every conversation that well, not we just, have yeah. seems to come back to the numbers and it, it, right. no matter what, and, and, and then, that's on all sides. That's on, that's right. on the, the sides of the, the companies trying to be sort of the intermediaries. And it's yeah. definitely on the side of the advertisers themselves. The advertisers themselves just, they always go back to the numbers, no matter how much you can talk well, about brand or, or, the, or value the, the or, or numbers, loyalty. The, per- the performance, what? I guess the problem is maybe, you know, say I'm like, say I'm a brand and I have a $10 million budget. So I kick you guys like $10,000 on a campaign, right? So it's a, such a small percentage of my huge overall ad spend that perhaps that $10,000 performed at two or three times the, the value, the, uh, the efficacy of the rest of my $9.99 million, right? Um, it does, I have, I have nine, I have, I have all this other money to spend. Where do I spend that other money? I guess is the issue. Well, I mean, the right? issue is that, the, the, that those brands are never going to spend the ten thousand in that first place, right? They're gonna, they're gonna. No, but, but if they did and they got two x that that value, like they want to spend more and they're not able to, and I think that seems to be the issue. That's why the the bar is set at a certain number. You know that that sites have to be larger than a certain number in order to even get to the table. I think. I think. Right. I don't know. This this conversation took a different turn. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that that's you know potentially part of it. But again, I mean yeah. I, part of this is coming from the fundamental starting point that online advertising 
mostly really sucks, right? Like, I mean, I mean I, it's I, mostly I feel a like poor that's, use. That's like both of these statements, which is online metrics are all trash and online advertising all sucks. Like, that's that's fine, right? Like, but I think that like, where do we go next, right? Like, what's the solution? Well, I, I'm proposing that part of the solution is not to stop tra- yeah. tracking numbers or stop talking about them or stop looking at them, but mm-hmm. to start, you know, doing what what you're saying too, right? Which is that re recontextualizing them as what they actually are and right. having a slightly more realistic conversation about what we're talking about. But I feel like you know, it has it. We've been there, like in terms of like Nielsen numbers. People know the audience measurement from Nielsen is sampled, right? Um, when they move to online, people know that uh, Nielsen numbers. Who, who that, knows? Who like, knows? I know. You know. You know. Right. right? You, you work in the metrics industry. <laughs> I know because I follow this stuff. But like you're, it, that, that still won't stop people from saying, oh, like, so you know, who, this who TV show is viewed by 2.2 million people each week. Right. right. Even though that may According not be even. Nielsen. Right. They usually say, I mean, well, no, no, they won't always say according to Nielsen. They'll just say that show, it gets, you know, to gets 2.2 million viewers and nobody puts in the caveats and everyone. And then it just sort of becomes fact. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would say even the, you know, so which, so what number would be correct? Who knows who that's the, that's the point. You're you're saying nobody shouldn't say the number at all. Or the correct statement. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Why are, how, how would I? Re, how should I rephrase that statement so that it, it's sufficient to? Well, maybe we shouldn't be making statements about the number of people who watch something if we really don't know, right? So like the, you're so asking story, me to how no, to state no, no. something okay, I don't so, know. Right. So the story you're saying it should be rewritten as um, a number of people re- watch this show this week. No, that's not. You're 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 setting up a framework that, <laughs> that that we're not arguing. We're not arguing that there's a correct way to state this. We're arguing that there is no yeah. correct way to state it. Right. That's right? what I'm saying. You're saying that there's no correct way to state it, so you shouldn't say it. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I think there's yeah. there's there's a problem that you come to when you're constantly when you being numbers. bombarded with these numbers, right. and and there there's the sort of this trust and belief in the numbers, even when people are smart enough to know. What if they're self-reported? Is that more true? I mean, well, the argument there is only in the case where somebody actually, you know, has full control of the stack, like in Netflix. Okay, so for Orton's right, so if Netflix self-reports, how, how about you know, a few weeks ago we talked about HQ, right? Like HQ trivia, mm-hmm. um, like on every every version of their game, they state how many how many players are in the game, right? Is that okay? I mean, in that case, you know, <laughs> right? th- there's. You know, there are still questions there, right? I mean, the difference with Netflix, Netflix has paying subscribers, so they can they can legitimately okay. claim reality there. Whereas, so, you, know, you so could, if, if you, you could, have a paying subscriber that is a legitimate user, it's a significant barrier to the inflation of numbers by just like random passing bots that you get on any website or any Twitter feed or anything like that, where okay. it doesn't, you know, they, they, it's a significant barrier and, to and, that. And this gets gets to an, another point, which and Dennis, I'll let you continue yeah. in a second, which is like. The incentive structure here, and and like, I'm not going to you know burn any sites, but there are a number of websites out there that we know in the past have have inflated traffic and basically you know directly done things to to make their traffic numbers look much bigger than they really are in order to either get better advertising deals or in some cases to get acquired for many millions of dollars. There's just because of the reliance on numbers, there's an awful right. lot of trickery that goes on. Like the infamous splitting of articles across multiple pages is a good example, <laughs> well, that's, which has largely that's, fallen out of fashion now, but it was everywhere for a while. And, and right, and that's that's just game right. playing as opposed to like you know, buying that, traffic. I is mean, that, yeah, is, that's, is, wait, 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 is that 
is that because you're trying to inflate your traffic numbers or is it because the incentives are aligned to show a certain number of ads and once you show a certain number of ads you get a certain click through right it's, is, like, it's are a, they optimizing for like cpc are they optimizing for cpm like they're optimizing for revenue and that's what it feels like right but that's so i mean i would argue right. that a someone a user having a better experience spending five minutes on one page reading an article and on that page also seeing some well-placed advertising right. is going to is a better situation than a frustrated user so, clicking through off and giving up halfway through and better. racing through the content and purposely like learning quickly to ignore the ads because they're just trying to get all their content you know just to get more technical impressions in front of their eyes, right? right. But would, would it be better for in terms of generating more revenue for that publisher? I well, I think it would be better for generating more revenue if that was understood by the advertisers, and thus they weren't <laughs> I mean, they weren't creating an incentive. No. Like they, you're no, I mean, well, you're, I think, I think, you're, I think, of course yeah. not within the current incentive system yeah. because no, no, I'm no, no, saying that's broken, right? right. Like, there's <laughs> and but there's a question of sort of long term and short term, right? Yeah. So like you know. People got frustrated by all of the, you know, slideshow versions or, or breaking things up into a whole bunch of different pages. Yeah. And then it's, people it's did still move. Happening. Yeah. It's still happening, but not as much anymore. I think people have moved more away yeah. from that because they recognize it was pissing off people and they would look for sort of other versions of those stories. You know, but but that's not even the gaming that I'm, I'm most concerned about. I'm concerned much more about like the, the, the truly fake traffic. I mean, you know, buying bots um, to, you know, to get completely fake traffic just so that you can put out these reports or raise money or sell your company. Right. Or I mean, that, like I, don't, that. I mean, I, I, I don't know about, um, I'm sure you can it say. It happens and it happens a lot and it happens, uh, certainly happens a lot in the media industry. Right. I know of multiple like, sites like that where? have done like, that. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. Well, yeah, I, it's I don't not like they it. advertise that fact. But like some, but someone surely would have reported on it if they figured it, if they discovered it. No. Well, uh, I mean, I would, you know, I mean, it seems like something that you guys would totally break if it were true. I, I mean, <laughs> it's right? th there is it, it's very clear to start with that there is a huge ecosystem of people selling impressions. It's not hard to find their reasonably successful there. sites offering that, you know, among other things, among hundreds of fake Facebook or Twitter accounts and all the other things that are easy to buy wholesale online. Um, and so, you know, I would say it's almost impossible to believe, you know, between that and the fact that, you know, there have been various hints at various times that various people are inflating their traffic and just the simple fact that this is the, how the economy works. Do you really believe if it, if it costs less to buy some impressions than those will pay you in your ad CPMs that, ed, that it wouldn't be happening all over the Internet given the mathematical optimization and, and spamish nature of the entire digital ad network ecosystem? Of course people are doing that extensively. Yeah, I mean... I guess I don't really know where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we are a little bit all over the map. But I mean, I guess this is my point is it really comes down to this is that people speak with such confidence about numbers so often and put so much importance on them and so much faith in them and speak mm -hmm. so simply about them. And I, and I know that on this, at least we agree that it would be better if more people spent a bit more time thinking about exactly what the numbers they're looking at and talking about mean. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the case about all life. I, I wish people would spend more time thinking about a lot of things. Well, yeah, yes. <laughs> and, and therefore, we have, we have tried to elevate the conversation on this particular aspect <laughs> yes. of, of things that people should think more about. But, right. but, but, I, I, but I feel like, okay, so instead of, instead of 
kind of standing on a soapbox and shouting and saying that things are <laughs> fake and there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot of bots that you're sure of like how about taking the next step and and helping people measure that right no i mean i'm i'm all for better better metrics if they were more accurate right. they'd be more useful that's all you know that's obvious but like do the we, problem do we, do we publish our metrics at tector i don't know do we i don't think we've updated what we have published for a while but one would, like would okay be, so would, so but here's one of the would, issues would that be something metrics. interesting right like would what if you know tector were to take a stand and say hey this is how metrics should be published well because our stand has sort of been different which is that we've just never like tried to never put too much focus on them at all and they don't like they aren't the main or primary factor guiding our decisions for content on the site and things like that obviously right. they are a part of it but they've never been the main way we decide that or even talk about it i see so you're so so the tectored stance is that measuring audience is not useful for certain types of publications, trying to play the measurement game of the current m bulk of the online advertising industry <laughs> is probably not useful. <laughs> yeah, I see. I mean, there's very, very little benefit for us in playing that game. I mean, you know, you compare us to, to the, the brand name sites, we're going to be smaller. Right. Uh, you know, no matter what. And, and if, if we were to then make ourselves look even smaller by, by accurately, you know, trying to more accurately count the numbers, you know, it, it would look even more pitiful. And, 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 here's, and here's a right. big so problematic there, part. Well, That's part of the measure. problem. Right. But, so what else? So, so what, what other metric? Or so maybe it's not about measurement. So how do you it's, that, okay. that's how do you want point. to describe that's, it? So right. no, but then this is the other point is if you do want more accurate so you're numbers, saying don't compare. What incentive is there? for right. more accurate numbers to exist. How are we ever going to get people to accept more accurate when we are admitting that more accurate almost certainly means lower in most cases? Um, right. How is that ever going to gain any foothold until people admit that the current numbers are wildly inflated and broken and that that's a bad thing? Because well, guess, right so now, there's... anyone going out and offering, you know, hey, we can give you new report that says you have half as many readers as you thought. Like, nobody wants that. So I guess what I'm saying is this, is if, you know, if I'm you know, an advertiser and I have a $10 million ad campaign, like, do you want to pitch for that campaign? Do you want the whole thing? Not necessarily, no. I mean, I don't think we have $10 million in value to offer. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out, like, how, like, be, here's why people are measuring it, right? Like, the reason why we're measuring audience is not just to kind of, you know, compare against each other. It is to try and drive advertising budgetary decisions right so if you want to if you were to set up a different framework to allocate ad spend like how would you do it did, did i ask that question properly well we do you know occasionally see and it's generally with smaller yeah. companies that are like they just you know they recognize that advertising is a part of their business in a way that has to at least sometimes in some portions of their budget and be more qualitative than quantitative and you know that used to be but your brand advertising used to be a but much larger saying, part so, of so when i hear that it tells me that don't measure it just give us the money it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> 
I'm no, saying I, I'm yeah. saying reconfigure your measurements. So so when you're you know instead of thinking oh mm-hmm. I'm only going to look at sites that have a minimum of five million or ten million monthly uniques or whatever, instead yeah. say like hey I'm going to look at a bunch of sites that have one million monthly uniques and maybe there are some other metrics I'm going to check how you know how frequently they get mentioned in this or that or how you know influential they seem to be in certain circles things that are partially measurable right, so but are, also require metrics. some just well these these are things that are partially measurable but they require some more discernment they're not so much something that like a you know a low-level intern who is often the gatekeeper at like a large advertising buy you know mm-hmm. not the final word but the gatekeeper just plugs into a spreadsheet and says yep that hits our targets right they need you know the ability for someone with some more discernment about different so you want to give them a more complicated work. spreadsheet no it's not even a spreadsheet it's just it's just an understanding right i mean it it does go back to like i think part of it goes back to the 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 awful quote that we talked about at the beginning which is like i know that half my my spend is wasted you know part of the the promise that people made about the internet was that that would no longer be the case because now you could have these metrics right and i think that so you're saying in the in the day and age of online advertising where you can measure more things we are no further along in measuring that half of advertising right and in fact it, and yeah. in fact that we're misleading people into thinking that they're measuring these things when their results may even be worse off right because they're measuring the wrong the wrong things right i mean so, so you, you know, think it's you think we're worse off now I think we we, we very well might be it, because yeah. because you're you're, <laughs> like, you're, you're, wait, you're we measuring, very well might be or we are like well, it's tough. For, it's tough for me to tell, right? Be- yeah. Because I don't have the right <laughs> metrics. But, but oh my God. I mean, so part, part, no. Part of it is is just this idea that we've gotten to this idea that like every single person mm-hmm. is is you know in some ways equal, right? So so numbers of people are so equal. Ex- versus, except for Netflix, who can measure their paid paid audience. We are no further along in measuring the efficacy of things on the internet. <laughs> I, I think it is at least equally hard to make the case that we are as that we aren't. <laughs> That's, you know, it's a, uh, and, and I mean, you know, I bring up I Netflix mean, there, because. There are, but there are, you know, like these advertising networks and advertising companies, they are also incentivized to to look out for abusive bot-like behavior, right? Because that inflates the numbers because their their customers will be like, yo, what the hell? Like this campaign is doing tons of impressions but no no conversions what's going but, on right? but most like impressions now are laundered through like five layers of the advertising ecosystem which makes right, that a lot is, more complicated so so let me ask you so this how, on that how about note. this how about okay. cpa advertising then so you only get paid if you actually make a sale well so that, i mean that is better it's very effective for, for certain things it's very effective but right. obviously that leaves out huge you know portions sure, of sure, things but, that could be advertised but for so certain for, things cpa is effective so but for I, that sector of advertising with is that measured in a better way um i mean it depends but it, it's <laughs> oh <my laughs> i know that cpa well, falls the, in the, and out of fashion with advertisers why? but again that's not you know the, the, i mean the thing with cpa is that you don't need those original metrics right i mean if, if you want to do cpa yeah we don't need that that's what i'm saying we don't need the original metrics i don't care about like you can do 10 billion impressions i only care about how many things i sold right right i don't right. care so 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 the cpa situation is completely different right so cpa yeah. again so in so case CPA we lost people better. cpa is cost per, per cost per action right. so that's so you know, i'm an advertiser i only pay you if you sell if, if right. you sell my thing i'll give you um, a dollar um, every time my thing sold sells exactly right and so so that's you know, 
So that's and, okay. In that case, you then then you know then you can do all different things because it, it's not yeah. costly to you as the advertiser to put those ads all yeah, over. I don't. So care. I don't think those. I don't think CPA advertising is. Is, you know, is impacted so much by by the problems of metrics, right? Because they'll just you know spread it anywhere. It doesn't matter as long as they get their sales. If they don't get sales, they don't pay. But anything. it is still so, a problem. They're still measuring number of sales, right? They're so, measuring the number of sales. So that's but that's different, so that's right? Big, no, that's that's different because it's different. You're measuring a different thing. You're using a different methodology. So you you trust the measurement of sales more than the measurement of impression. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Sure. So bots so then, aren't buying a lot of stuff. You think, right? So mostly. <laughs> right. So, and and if they are, I don't care because I'm getting that money, which is what I'm right. trying to measure. Right. I don't care if bots. Are, I don't. I don't care what you do with my thing. If you're actually a human and you're you're using my thing, it'd be nice if you if you were. But maybe I don't care because I just want to sell you the thing and get my money. Right. Right. Okay. So then, in in the case of of cost per acquisition advertising, has has the digital advertising ecosystem improved the measurement game? It seems like it has. Oh, I mean, I mean, clearly the ability to, you know, click to buy essentially is uh, obviously the one of the areas of online commerce and advertising that works great for certain people. But I mean, that's that really is just a partial thing of the ecosystem. And while, yes, it has made the measuring of cost per acquisition better in yeah. doing so, you do cut out other aspects of it. Right. I mean, you, you like know, there. Well, for certain services, yes, perhaps all they care about is raw immediate cost per acquisition, mm -hmm. but there are other people who are trying to get a product or a service out there and they do care um, who is buying it and that they are people who are actually using it and, and that people and are seeing it in other places and that they're, you know. And there's also the issue of like, you know, the, the sort of brand benefit that can still, you know, even if you're doing cost per action uh, advertising, yeah. you know, what if somebody sees the ad on on a site, you know, today, sure. then decides they to buy about it, a week it later, and right. then God forbid, walk into a store and buy it there, <laughs> right? And, and then I I want to add one more thing about cost per acquisition too, because well, I mean, I you know, strictly from a business perspective, this is fine or whatever, but it's not great how so many portions of the internet devolve into the most sort of uh, you could call it abusive cost per, you know, a ads that are designed to like snatch people in with like bogus treatments and cures and stupid things like that. Now I realize you know it's buyer beware at the end of the day, but that's a bad and if the internet is mostly incentivizing it, like so why is it that every one of these companies these, these things existed before the internet as well right this is just more maybe more efficient now but. of course exactly so why is it that all of these you know so many ad networks appear mm -hmm. promising new quality targeted great better advertising with none of that crap and i don't think they're all insincere some of them might be but i think a great deal of them because really believe they can work. do that Exactly. Right. And so they, and then by, you know, a year or two later, their dream of a better network has failed because it turns out the only thing that really makes any money most of the time is that crap. So like, isn't there, isn't that a problem? Couldn't we build a better ecosystem with better incentives? Yeah, I would love to. I think I, I'm sure. I mean, okay. <laughs> Yes, And this, you know, you begin to blur these lines with then, you know, it's not just bad products, then it's it's also genuinely deceptive advertising. It's ads that are, you know, in theory violate all the completely voluntary and useless standards that we have. But, you know, ads that are designed to trick you into clicking them or automatically get clicked on or just, you know, there are many I mean, types of ads and sites that generate fake clicks. There, there is a line, right? So if you are if you're legitimately deceiving someone into giving you money, like that's fraud or I'm sure that's criminal, right? So you're surely you're not saying that these are criminal activities happening to these internet, internet 
advertising. Um, I mean, <laughs> that is some what you're of them are, are, some are you of saying them are that, pretty borderline? That there are no websites that like. I mean, what that, do you mean? That try and convince you to buy something in a criminal way. I'm saying that there are a lot of websites that routinely and widespread have mm-hmm. widespread violations of all of the supposed policies of the ad networks they operate in terms of how many ads they put on the screen, how many, when they pop them up, whether they force them under you. They, wait, there's, there's lots of shifty stuff going on. I wait. can't speak to whether or not any of it crosses the line of criminal fraud, right, that, though that, I can that certainly say that it's all... Popping, you up, know, wait, wait, wait. Popping, popping up an ad beneath your browser, placing 12 ads on one page, none of those seem to cross the line of criminal to me. Okay. Do they? Do they, I, do they? No, I don't. Okay. You're the one who brought up criminal charges. I'm just saying it sucks. <laughs> but you're you're saying that they they did cross the line of criminal is what I thought. No, no, he no. specifically okay. said that he doesn't know whether or not they crossed okay. the criminal line. No, but all I said was the, that we're incentivizing this crap all over the place, and it seems to be some of the most effective advertising in an ecosystem. You know, that in theory was supposed to deliver us to better advertising, where we didn't rely on just putting out the crap that will get the lowest common denominator to maybe pay for it, and it costs nothing or whatever. Right? That instead we could start connecting people with things they really are interested in in a more Right. useful way and we're like, not and, and, like and, to, and to be clear yeah. like you know some some of some of the ads and some of the, the ad campaigns that have been successful have crossed over into sort you know semi-criminal activity where you have like the ftc has cracked down on, sure. on sketchy that, online that's why we had the ftc Right. And, and yeah. you know, how many out of out of all of the bad things that happen in the world, the FTC can handle maybe, you know, uh, one tenth of one percent of them, you know, leaving it up to the FTC to solve, you know, a problem that is incentivized widely and is happening broadly is is not an effective solution. Right. I mean, the problem is the incentive structure is set up in such a way that this is happening all over the place. And the enforcement structure is such that it can, you know, barely scratch the surface. Right. And I mean, look, I grant you that, you know, we're only in many ways, we're only scratching the surface of this because it's all so interconnected. There are people out there working at publications listening to us, screaming at us <laughs> for not having brought up Facebook and Google, because <laughs> I don't think that's core to what we're talking about here. But it's true. Right. There are a lot of factors in this that are complicated, right? So, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, would you So, do you think that the Facebook ads are better then? That, I mean, is, I, is that the advertising future that you are embracing then? In, no, I mean, there's uh, a reason I've been avoiding that because I just think I, you know, I, I think <laughs> that that is a whole other wait. layer to this that is complicated. But I, you know, and right, I so, am so so you're so you you're knowing knowing who you are exactly and what you want is what you want. That's what that's that's what you're going towards. Not necessarily, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you just said. I want an ad of, to show me things that I want exactly. So, in order to do so, we need to know exactly no, who you, you keep, are. And what you okay, want. look, you keep trying to boil down my position to exactly what I'm proposing as the way all advertising should be. So, let me say again, I don't I have that of, proposal. And I keep like, trying to boil down what you're saying into exactly what you're saying. In, yes. Into what I'm into, as if yes. I have a concrete proposal <laughs> about how I think everything should look, and I don't. I'm Got saying it. that we can't even move towards fixing any of these problems until we have an honest conversation about how unrealistic a lot of these numbers are and how addicted certain portions of the industry have come to become and I, to them. I guess and i would say i would i disagree we have to fix that part if if the if this part of the the ecosystem is broken according to what you're saying 
we don't why do we have to fix that part in order to start with a new better one because anything better starts with smaller numbers that a whole lot of people feel inclined to just completely ignore because of what they're used to right and that's okay because when you're small all you all you have to convince is a few people to latch on to your small idea get huge wins and then all of a sudden people will kind of find you right that's a nice fairy tale yeah but it's not it's not how it works <laughs> I mean, you, like, if sure, you have that'd a better, be great. Yeah, if you have that'd a better be solution. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. that would that'd be great if that's actually how the system worked, but it's not. I mean, I know. you know, it's been tried so many times, and we've had these conversations so many times. And, and even I mean, if, you know, people... Facebook and Google advertising seems to be working better. They for seem, what? They have, built, I, they have built nice businesses. For th- for themselves, right? Wait, you so, know, wait who, are, who are they supposed to build their businesses for? Well, so, I mean... <laughs> we're going to go way <laughs> off track and this is probably this may be worth another podcast altogether wait wait yes. there's, there's Facebook and Google are supposed to build good businesses for other people no, no well, well I mean no, well yes I mean if, if you're really? ta- depending on depending on which part of, of their business you're talking about if you're talking about AdSense uh-huh. which is you know part of Google's business which is designed to put ads onto other websites right. then yes they should be building a good business for other websites and right now they don't but that's, that's a whole other conversation a yeah. whole other discussion <laughs> Yeah, we should discuss that. That's interesting. We, we, we can have another podcast where we do that because okay. this one's getting long enough and we're getting <laughs> heated enough. <laughs> okay. But, 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 you know, yeah, and, and you know, that, that's definitely out there. But that's, that's a separate question from, from the overall metrics question, which, uh, yeah. you know, which I think. Let's get back. Bring it back. So, so, okay. So let's bring it all around and let's try and wrap up if okay. we can without yelling at each other <laughs> or maybe yelling at each other. It's fine. Um, so, you know, I, I think, I think, I think we're, we're sort of all talking at slightly cross purposes here, yeah. right? Which is, Dennis, you're you're looking for, you're you're just like, okay, well, what do you do about it, right? And yeah. Lee is basically saying that like we can't figure out what to do about it until we actually acknowledge the problem in the first place, right? Because the solutions, nobody, right. nobody is looking you. for these solutions. I you think know, I because, hear you. <laughs> what? I hear it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. No, I mean, as I said a couple of times, the thing we agree on is that, yeah, of course, we all think it would be great if people knew more about the numbers that they're talking about and understood them better, great. just like with anything. What we're disagreeing on is how important that is, what it's an obstacle to, and so on. But we do agree on that. It would be better. So call this podcast our 45-minute effort at making that situation <laughs> a little bit better. And yeah. it can't when you see do a number any harm. Online, yeah, when you see a number online, you should always think about where it came from and how it was measured. And the fact that it's probably about fifty percent fake. I don't know. <laughs> see. That's that's the caveat that because uh, you know thirty seven percent of metrics are are completely made up. <laughs> well, how do you feel about the number that you know fifty percent of online traffic, roughly most of the time, is bots? Now I realize that number is difficult to pin down as well, but that does seem to be what a lot of studies conclude. And not that they're all malicious bots. Some of them are good bots, but that a fairly large portion of that fifty percent is malicious bots or so. How, 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 and how do they well. define? How do they define? Like, what's what's the study? Should I Google it? Um, uh, what's, who's the people? They do it every percent of online traffic. It's, uh, Imperva Encapsula, I believe, or are they just reporting? So here's, here's the internet is mostly bots at the Atlantic on January 31st. Sure. 52% of web traffic, according to the new security, yeah, from Imperva is bots, right? So traffic is website, like web traffic. Does that include the, does that include the Google scraper, for example? 
I believe like, I it does, right? but they provide a further breakdown of you right. know, so the I don't know. reported we can, we can bots versus because they are attempting, and this is where I admit, as I say in the post too, even this you know number has to be questioned because they're obviously using right. some deep technique to estimate the number of bots that are trying to hide the fact that so they're we have forty-eight percent so. humans, twenty-two percent good bots, twenty-eight percent bad bots. You can kind of dig into it and see what's going on here, like 24% impersonators. Okay, so, but this is what I mean about like, when you say that number, I'm just gonna be like, cool, I'm not gonna re just repeat that number, right? Because- But most people are. I mean, even I did. And, and again, like, I mean, this goes back to the problem, which is like, even though I know that these things are questionable and you can't even necessarily trust them, you still use them you, because, because there's, there's a them. psychological aspect to it. And I, and I appreciate that, but I would love for the psychological aspect of like, if someone asks me, hey, if someone tells me, 52% of all web traffic is bots. My natural inclination is not to be like, wow, that's amazing. I'm going to tell everyone else that. My natural inclination should be, that's interesting. Tell me more. Like, what does that mean? Uh, Where, how did you come up with that? You're, but you're, you're in the, the minority on that. Sure. And I, and I think that's what this whole like conversation has been about is like how do we get to the point where I'm, <laughs> you're not I'm the like, minority i'm like yeah okay let's uh, like that's an interesting number how did you get there let's talk about this and i mean which my is, feeling which is why i have an, a, a metrics company right like, right i mean my feeling also in the case of that number two is that i because i agree i don't know precisely how you could calculate that number and the fact that you're estimating deceptive bots makes it very difficult but when you look at uh you know that study which they i think they do it every year and when you look at things inside the publishing and advertising ecosystem like the efforts that people have to go to via google analytics and adsense settings to try to block out certain types of bots which mm -hmm. you know people do extensively and it's a ever sort of ever waged battle when you look at all that stuff together while i agree that there's a lot of question marks on the exact numbers i think it's a fairly safe bet that it's a significant factor there's a significant amount so, of bot traffic that is going so you, unrecognized. so that number that they put out you, th you find more trustworthy than than nielsen ratings for example I w again, I'm not saying I find that exact. I'm immediately convinced that exact number is true. No, no, I'm not the exact number, but you you feel like, in general, it feels more truthy. Has has more truthiness. No, than... I I mean, don't make it sound like I'm just <laughs> arbitrarily saying that. I'm I'm pointing to that plus the fact that it is a very visible and real problem amongst publishers and any right. individual, and then also to other simple things that you can just look at online. I mean, again, I'm not you know, you, it's not hard to see the number of bots that are dominating certain supposedly heavily retweeted or liked things on Twitter or people's sure. follower list. When you you know, bots are I mean how hard how much of a case do I have to make for the fact that there's a lot of bots and fake traffic online, right? Like, No, you don't have to. I mean, I, I think like Twitter, for example, that great. It's one thing to look at how many followers someone has, right? But it is a completely other thing to kind of, kind of color that metric with great. You know, when someone tweets, how many retweets does it get? How many replies does it get? How many likes does it get? Like those are all signal that kind of quantify engagement around a Twitter account. I and mean, so, and, and simply boiling down, you know, one Twitter account to the number of followers versus another Twitter account to the number of followers is not a complete understanding of the influence, for example, of a particular Twitter account. Of that, course, but do you ever look at the list of retweets of a tweet or tweets yeah, of a given link? All the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like Wait. that's all real people. I, I didn't say it was all real people. I'm just saying that that is another measure, right? So... Um, well, I mean, it's another measure, but again, it's wildly inflated by bots. And again, I would say it has that I scaling agree. effect where a person with 2 million followers is getting a large proportion of their a retweets are coming from bots, right? And, you know. Sure. Yeah. Look, okay. 
<laughs> I think we got to cut this off. This is this has gone on long enough, and and I get the sense you guys could keep arguing about this for a long time. I think so. Um, we still haven't even figured it out. We haven't even started the argument because we haven't decided what it is we're arguing about. Yet. <laughs> All right. Well, um, this was an interesting conversation <laughs> that I feels like we're going to have to revisit and maybe at least do one on, on Google and Facebook advertising. Because yeah, uh, we haven't gone there or, you know. Yeah. No, that definitely needs its own uh, its own yeah. podcast. All right. So, uh, well, we should mark that down so I don't forget that. But uh, all right. Good time. Well, um, yes. Uh, thank you, both of you, <laughs> yep. for, for joining this uh, podcast and, and arguing it out. Uh, and thank you to everyone who's been listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. I welcome <laughs> any and all better metrics that you can provide. But I fear that people addicted to the gigantic numbers won't welcome them. <laughs> and if anyone wants any numbers stated in any way, just let me know. <laughs> Okay. And on that note, uh, <laughs> thanks again to everyone who's listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with something else. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.